Screenless. The TV drama is imagined. The work and the guests are real. Making a soundtrack. Opening scene and action. Kind of, you know, finish it off. What? what? Oh, sorry. Sorry, oh. I didn't didn't mean to make you sad. Mum, I'm singing such such beautiful. It was it, it was really nice. Honestly, it was. It was. It was lovely. Tried, tried really hard. You know, I just wanted to do my best for our music. The listeners tell me that they really appreciate your singing every week. Yeah, they do. They do. do. They? Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. Okay, I that's good. That's now. good. Because this week is all about me. No, 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 no. Oh. It's not about you. Oh. It's all about the music. It's all about the music. It is, yes. What, no guest? No guest. Well, I suppose we are our own guest today. Oh. So we will discuss how Track 7 went down, uh, how you put it to bed. <laughs> yep, yep. In Key the Music. We're then going to go behind the scenes to talk about how we have nurtured the sound for this album, um, where the music Mm -hmm. comes from, you know, what inspires us, how we know the collaboration is working, if it is working, that is, and uh, Mm -hmm. what to do with the album once we've finished, because that's really uh, something to consider. We haven't really gone over Uh, that too much yet. Yeah, Yeah, that would be a good idea, having a plan. Yeah, so that's this episode cool so um is it time for uh cue the music i'm oh, gonna wake up the uh, track seven then i have to do it quietly uh, okay okay hang on cue the music there you go cue the music track seven part two the dan watts years Still called Aftermath. Double English. Yep. Which is now possibly the oldest joke in existence. It's, yeah, decomposing as we speak, but I'm still going to force it down everybody's neck. I'm very much looking forward to renaming. (laughs) Yes, yeah, (laughs) indeed. Tracks. So, so track seven, as we spoke about last week, uh, you'd pretty much got everything in place. Yep. That sort of slow start, organy type of pad that you had going with the piano doing the two themes that then came together to become the new theme. And then we moved on and we had what you call the euphoric, or, well, we I think we both coined it, euphoric section. Mm. And what you've done there is put in some very basic strings mm. and then decided it wasn't long enough, so you sort of doubled it. So what I did, um, first off, I thought, right, well, the organ pad thing, let's have a look at that and see if there's anything interesting I can do with that. And I actually used my... 50 pound bargain synth, which is the Casio Tone 1000P, which is so awful, it's amazing, um, which we're obviously using for other things. 
Um, so I replaced the bells and the organ using both of that. And that was to really feed into the continuity of the album, isn't it? So we're not just introducing random instruments at this point. Yeah, I mean, it was only a pad and then some bells, but to use this because I'd replaced all the other bells with this seemed like a good idea. And then I thought the the organ as well. So I did that and that went, I put it through some effects. So I put it through a guitar pedal, Dan Electro, Cool Cat Chorus, uh, set to its slowest setting. And then that went through my DC-50, which is a Roland Digital Chorus, which, again, I've mentioned before. Hang on. Hang on. We haven't had a nerd alert Ooh, for a while. Nerd alert. Nerd, nerd, nerd. Lovely. Um, yeah, so that went through that, but I was using the Hall Echo, as it's called on there, but it's actually just a spring reverb. And then that just went straight into the computer from there. That was that. And then... I felt it could do with some other textures. So I got some string textures. Now, if I can jump in on the strings, yeah. one of the very uh, intuitive things that you said at the time was, because I basically copied and pasted that first yeah. section of that euphoric part. So I hadn't really done much with it apart from to say it needs to build up. Yeah, and get even more euphoric in the second part. So you had the idea of, well, can you slowly build that up using strings? Yeah, and that's what you set about to do, wasn't it? So the strings are in two parts. There's the textures that are all over the first half of it, and then the second half where I've actually orchestrated it properly, and it's in first, seconds, violas, celli, and double bass. And what the, the reason for that is that the, the first half I wanted to, uh, I, I just wanted textures and feels rather than anything um, specific. And obviously certain sample libraries are great for that. So I'd jump into that, but then those same sample libraries are not so good for um, actually mocking up stuff to sound like an actual string section. Uh, and the second half of it where I wanted that build to come mainly from the strings, I felt needed to sound like a real string section, so uh, I mocked it up properly. Mm, yes, and the feel of it, listening back overall, was just spot on. Oh, you know, we'd, we'd said, no, we're not going to go down a big orchestral route, yes. but I think what we meant by that at the start was that we don't just want to make this a big orchestral soundtrack. Yeah. We have many tools at our disposal and we have a sound for the album and you using those strings uh, and other instruments as well just reinforced that sound you had put in some horns some flutes i had yes and some cellos and basses and i believe yeah sorry it's my fault generic <laughs> string stuff that you you've kind of put in already and then once yeah. i'd sort of taken that out and replaced it with other bits um, once I've done the strings, I just thought, do you know what? This needs a brass section as well. Mm. And then I thought, oh, actually, I should probably put some percussion in here. And <laughs> uh, yeah, so it kind of uh, it led me down that rabbit hole. But I think in the context of this track, it works. Yes. In the context of the euphoria that we were aiming for, it definitely works. Yeah. You know, we don't have anything like this anywhere else so far we also talked about the new theme perhaps maybe having a uh, some kind of counterpoint which you really focused in on yeah and in hindsight kind of focused in on maybe a little bit too overbearing of the main theme i think what i did was i tried to i tried to make it as interesting as possible to 
uh, to justify the fact of putting all those strings and things in there. And I think, I'd, yeah, I'd over-egged it a little bit. So I had the melody dance around in the strings, but they never played the full melody. So you never got the full thing. And so that when you said to me, oh, actually, it needs to be more about the melody because, and I was thinking, well, I've done loads with the melody. What's he talking about? <laughs> There's loads. I've done so much, but actually it just made it unclear. It just made the melody unclear. Yeah. So it was very clever and it was really interesting to listen to, yes, but it actually made it slightly unclear. So yeah. it almost became orchestra versus soft piano. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that was part of it as well. If you'd had the main theme, you know, with horns blaring out and then little melodies dancing around that, it might yeah. have worked actually, but... I think at the end of it, it just needed that clear... Th it, it's a very new theme as well, so you want yes. to really establish it. Yeah, so it was kind of splitting those instruments into what's doing the theme, what's reinforcing the theme, yeah. and then what can you fit around that, but making that, that theme really clear. Yeah, make, making it interesting, but at the same time really sort of hammering home that theme. Yeah, and what transpired was amazing. Uh, and it was just absolutely spot on. There's a very rich string sound there, uh, which is reinforcing. And then you split other counter melodies off that. Yep. There's brass that's really supporting things underneath. Yeah, yeah. it's it just where, where there was power needed. Yeah. Obviously, the, the brass section's great for that. And there's a couple of moments where I just felt that, you know, that chord could really do with some more oomph. Yep. And so sticking trombones and trumpets on it yeah and then the celli going off and doing really interesting kind of dipping in and out of the melody but yeah kind of moving around it as well yeah so i think what we ended up with was was pretty spot on to be honest yeah yeah i'm really pleased with it gave me ghost pimples anyway good good <laughs> One thing I've not spoken about yet is uh, that I, I did add a load of synths and stuff to it as well. So I did the tackle the synths first and then... I was thinking about this this morning because I was listening back to a few of the tracks and thinking, you know, how would you describe it? And, you know, there, there's a quite popular style at the moment, which is mixing electronica with orchestral. Yeah. I, d I don't think it's that. I don't know how you describe the style it, of this yeah, album because yeah. it's, it's, it's just sound. What sounds work with what other sounds yeah well, i think that's the way it should be um mm. unless unless there's a specific style that you think is gonna work mm. then you just go with whatever tools are at your disposal that do the job i think yeah yeah absolutely track seven is i would think pretty much done i think so yeah time to go uh, behind the scenes i think talk about our other Stuffs. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. See you behind the scenes. All right. Mm -hmm. 
So today we are going behind the scenes behind our own music. Ooh. It's kind of, yes. Inception. <laughs> We're going to talk about how we have nurtured the sound. And, and actually, if you haven't heard our very early episodes of this podcast, then I would recommend you go back and listen because we do talk about extensively how we've gone about recording things and choosing sounds and things like that. So there's a lot of pontification, isn't there, in the early ones? Yeah. So we don't really want to repeat ourselves too much in this section. No. But I guess we can talk a little about, you know, approaching the sound, uh, how we felt about it and what we've ended up with and are we happy with with where we've ended up. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of try things out and then when it works, you roll that into the into the sound, don't you? That becomes part of it. Um I know that's what I've done with the synths. I've just tried different ones out until I eventually found something that I think, yes, that's yeah. that's that's the right thing. That's the yes. right sound. And then yeah. use that throughout. And, and it's the same with uh, if you're working on a TV series or an album. In fact, very early on in the production, you're having to establish this sound that will carry you through all the way to the end. So you, you're searching for, as we've said before, the DNA of the sound that you want. Yeah, I also think uh, when you're working on a project, especially telly, it can be a nice comfort blanket to have... You know, same for themes. A really strong theme will go a very long way. And the same for sort of, you can call it audio branding, if you like. You know, something that is a sound that's been created by something that becomes part of a score that you can then reuse time and time again. It's a great starting point. So, uh, you know, it's something familiar. It's a great hook. So it can just be a really nice comfort blanket just to, you know, really help you through it. Yeah. We're not going into the notes section just yet. Uh, but we had a lovely review from a fellow composer called Giles. And he says, Hi, Gareth and Dan. A very insightful podcast into the exciting mystery of the TV production and composition world. I would be very interested to hear what your go-to sample libraries are and why. Hope you're well and I hope to catch you both soon. So, Thanks, Giles, for that. It's really kind of you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we could list everything that we own sample library-wise, but that's probably not going to be very useful. Uh, no. But we could talk about the sample libraries that we've used for this album so far and why. So shall yeah. we go through... I mean, right at the start, you did the introduction using one of your favourite pianos. Yes, which is the Spitfire Audio Lab soft piano. Yeah. And when you mentioned that, I went, oh, I've got that as well. So suddenly it, this was uh, something that we both had, so therefore the continuity would be very easy to carry on using yeah. that. And we have. Uh, and that's in every track now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. On absolutely everything. Yes. So we thank you, Christian Henson, for your... <laughs> and, and Paul Thompson. And Paul don't, Thompson. Don't, don't forget... Paul, although this is, I think I believe this is one of Christian's pianos that he sampled. I think so, yes, so, because he's got yeah. the, the nail tap on one of them, so he can recognise it. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, so he has, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we use that. Again, it's just a go-to, mm. soft, intimate-sounding library. Yeah. The other things that we were doing at the start were recording real sounds, yeah, which we were then making into drones and textures. So for certainly for me, I was using Logic's very own Space Designer, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of variations that you can go in there yep. of presets 
And then within those, you can mess around with all the settings and uh, come up with the sound that you want. I put a lot of the things that I recorded through Paul Stretch, which right. is an ancient Mac program that very briefly became part of the popular consciousness because I think they'd put the opening track uh, or the main theme from Jurassic Park through it. And <laughs> it, it became something like three, three and a half days long. It was just ridiculous. And they'd stretched it and stretched it. And there are next to no horrible, warbly artifacts from this program. It just seems to do the job amazingly well. Mm. So you can take something like a small sound and stretch it way beyond what it should be and turn it into something else. So that's something I do quite a lot to create pads and things like that. I'll then take them and put them in contact and stuff the uh the low piano your piano downstairs you recorded the low yes, note and that became a, a kind of boom didn't it it did yes it was just a very short i think it was the lowest c on the piano just boom that was kind of it and just put into pull stretch and it just became this kind of boom yeah yeah very effective yeah which was cool you have used strings on some of the tracks yes we're not sponsored by, but again, Spitfire. Uh, there's quite a bit of uh, the Oliver Arnold's uh, Evolutions, which is just beautiful. One of the most, beautiful. It's just one of the most beautifully played and recorded string effects libraries that there is. I say effects because although there are some standard longs and things in there, most of it is based around these waves mm. where the notes come in and gradually go out again. Uh, mm. Or the there's an Evo grid thing, which is a sound designer which is done with lots of long notes and you can pick these different samples and mix and match and stuff which is really cool yeah. so they're really really good for textures and things and you've also used cinematic strings yes the cinematic strings are one of my go-to's i still think their legato is my personal favorite <laughs> i love that oh if there was ever a nerd alert needed nerd 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 I just like the legato in there. I just think it's more natural than some of the others, yeah. which have all sorts of bugs in them and yeah. Yeah. things. But yeah, so I use those. I'm just, A, because I'm really familiar with them because we did, I used them a lot on uh, at the end of the Sarah Jane Adventures and Wizards vs. Aliens. So they were part of a template that I had for that for a long time. So I'm just very au fait with them. So when it came to doing something and and quickly mocking it up i knew that um i could get in there and get th that done pretty quickly uh for brass i used again something that was in my template for a long time which is cine brass so cine samples cine brass and cine brass pro and then the percussion has been spitfire percussion again not sponsored by them uh, <laughs> but there, there are two that i use a lot one is the Spitfire and the other is East West, but it's like a copy of East West from when before the play engine even started. Nerd alert. Nerd, nerd, nerd. The horrible play engine that just seemed to just kill. You know, they it was a way of them controlling how their samples were used and, and stopping them from being bootlegged and stuff, which I totally get. I mean, it's unbelievably mm. frustrating when things like that happen, I'm sure, but it was just an, an unusable plugin that just seemed to crash all the time. Uh, but luckily I had a copy of the East West gold library. I think it was from way back in the day 
and um, I still use a load of the percussion stuff out of there. The strings are really dry, there, and so sometimes I'll layer things up with, uh, especially sort of the spizzicato stuff, and I'll have I'll double it up. I'll have mm. whichever sample library I am favouring at the moment because sample libraries are they're fickle beasts, you know. And layering actually is a good way of creating a more unique sound. Yes, because a lot of us use these various sample libraries. I use uh, Cine Brass and Cine Strings actually. So I, I was going to ask right. you about the brass. Yeah. That's quite a nice thing that's good to know but yes combining and layering sample libraries is a good way to make it more unique yeah also while we're speaking about making things unique i i'm sure i've mentioned it many times i'm kind of an out of the box nerd as well so i do like Mm. actually putting things through effects and pedals and whatever i have lying about old 70s hi-fi amps that distort nicely and all that kind of just jazz so I, I like doing I like yeah. doing that a lot, and there's definitely some processes that have become part of this album, whilst we've been working on things. So there's the two Roland bits of kit that I use all the time: the RE201 Space Echo and the DC50 Digital, not Digital Chorus. <laughs> so there's those two. There's the uh, dictaphone that I like to record stuff into, and then either play back half speed, or then just record back into the computer for its nasty graininess. There's also the Como Electronic Field Kit effects, which is great. And then there's a multitude of spring reverbs that I have that mm. I'm very keen on as well. They add quite a lot of nasty, horrible noises. And then I should probably then say, because I've been doing all this stuff outside of the box with multiple guitar pedals and this, that and the other, the noise floor tends to get a lot higher yeah. And there's quite a lot of hiss and stuff. And if you don't want a lot of that, then obviously I'll use Isotope RX to take some of the nasty noises out before either sending them to you or whatever we're doing with them. Yeah. Great. So I hope, Giles, that answers your question to an extent. So obviously everything that we have, but certainly a little window into how we're going about things on the album. Yeah. Where does the music come from? We, we've spoken a little bit about how we get inspired. I've noticed with you, Dan, that uh, a lot of the time it's while you're waiting for the kettle to boil. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. I need to think about it for a bit. Mm. I need to do something that means that my brain is doing something other than thinking about it, but it's yeah. still kind of thinking about it, if you know what I mean. And I find yeah. that going to, you know, tea is unbelievably important. It's, of course. Yeah. It's, you know, other than my wife, kids and family, it is <laughs> the most important thing always yorkshire gold nothing else <laughs> again um, not sponsored again not sponsored but yorkshire tea you know i do i do love you uh yeah so a lot of it is when i because we have a piano downstairs i'd love to have the piano in my studio but my studio's on the third floor of the house and it's just there's no way on earth that i could get the piano up the stairs mm. <laughs> so it's downstairs so I'll put the kettle on, walk through to the piano, have a tinker, go back, fill the pot up, wait for it to brew, have another tinker. And that's quite often where a lot of the ideas will pop from, specifically melody. So it sounds like your uh, piano should stay exactly where it is. Yes. If it, if yeah, it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a similar thing where, you know, there's so much noise around us, whether it's you know, you're sitting at your computer, you've got emails, you've got admin, you've got all the sample libraries at your disposal. I find quite often 
and especially at the weekend, you know, I'll, I'll get up stupid early anyway, like six in the morning, uh, and just go downstairs oh, and just sit and not turn the telly on or anything, make a coffee. And the peace and quiet just means that my head clears and mm. the, you know, goes back to the default me with the music in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, for a while as a student, I'd walk around without a personal stereo because, it, you know, there's no point. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just music going on in my head, walking down the street. Yeah, I find those really peaceful, quiet moments, which is why, you know, a lot of people say go for a walk because um, clears your head. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say uh, it's the same for me. Go down, I'll walk down by the sea. And mm. there, there is something unbelievably therapeutic about the sound of waves mm. anyway. But that whole going for a walk, uh, getting out of your normal working area, it's the same when I go make a cup of tea. You know, I've got to go all the way downstairs to make a cup of tea. Mm. Takes me out of the studio, gets me away from that mentality. Mm. I think it's also a little bit of a contradiction almost that applying logic to creativity, you, you know, you can't. <laughs> it yeah. comes from a place yeah. where you don't go, right, well, I'm going to work out this equation and that will equal this feel or melody or <laughs> yeah, yeah it just doesn't happen, happen that way no it's not going to happen uh the other way i do it is uh, with a piece of kit so i'll just pick a synth a guitar you know pick the viola up pick the banjo up whatever it happens to be and just see what comes out and then you know that spur of an idea can then lead mm. you on yeah i have i had a, a chat with um fellow composer alex parsons about this because we were talking about gear acquisition syndrome you know, gas, where you always think that the whatever the next piece of kit you're going to buy is, you know, that's oh, that, that that's it. Then I'll be sorted. I know exactly. I'll I'll be able to do whatever because I've got this, which never really works. But if you're looking for inspiration, actually getting a new thing, it doesn't need to be overly expensive. It can be, mm. you know, it could literally just be a drum, or you know, mm. a harmonica, yeah. whatever. But getting something and or not, an not oversized sleigh bells, which were ten pounds from a local antique shop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or, um, or something. Well, we are getting close, but it's not quite. I don't do anything Christmassy until December. Ooh. Then all the Christmassy stuff. Thank you. Yes, but yes, not before. first. First of December, I agree. First of December. Yeah. 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 Anyway, getting back to it. <laughs> Um, yeah, just being unfamiliar with this, whatever item it is you've procured, uh, should we say, leads you to try and understand it. And by trying to understand what you're doing, you then start creating. And that's the spark. Mm. You know, you're trying to, so actually buying new gear can help creatively. But yeah, it's a fine line between the whole trying to be inspired and just collecting a lot of stuff. Mm. And there's something that um, Melton Baytock was talking about in that sound is all around us. You yeah. can hit something or, you know, feel something. It makes a sound. So it doesn't yeah. have to be a, a thousand pound sample library that means that you have ideas. It can be anything. Get yourself no. a little uh, audio recorder or something. Go and record stuff. Go and hit stuff. Yeah. Make stuff. You know, create. Yeah. You're a creator. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. I think that's very, very important, creating new stuff. Okay. So how do you know when you've got something good? I, I think we both just know, don't we? Uh, yeah, along it, the it, way, we've both gone, oh, yeah, 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 that sounds good. 
I think sometimes if there's no deadline, it's very easy to get carried away and very easy to just plough on and mm. l- let everything just, you know, just go where it takes you, um, mm. and which can be great. But if you're working on a specific project, you tend to go wildly. It depends what, you know, depends what side of the bed you got out on as to where your preferences are that day. And actually, if you, this is another thing, you just bought a new piece of kit, you're thinking, oh, I really want to use this new piece of kit. So you'll <laughs> use it, but it, it might not be right for that there project. So yeah. it's a difficult one, but I think when you know, you know. If I'm working to picture, I always have the picture on. I've tried to sort of go, okay, well, I've got the rough outline. Here we go. And then done stuff and orchestrated and worked it out. And then, of course, when you put the picture back on, it's just like, Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. It just doesn't work. I've worked mainly in animation. So, I mean, it's just no way I can't. No, I no, can't absolutely. have the picture off. It's it's so to do with timing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you have to do it to picture. But yes, for, for this album, I think we were talking earlier, weren't we, about we're both grown up enough and professional enough yeah. that we can say, you know, that doesn't quite sound right yeah. or... Or that sounds brilliant and mean it and you can trust the other person yeah, yeah. To, to believe you <laughs> when yeah, you say I, it because there's no point in saying things for the sake of it. No, and there's there's no point dilly-dallying about either because you, you know, we've got a finite amount of time to get this done. Yeah. We want to do the best we can possibly do. Hmm. And and actually having the doing it as a podcast means that we do have a structure to our kind of schedule. Yeah, and it's been interesting because we've just recently listened back to everything that we've done so far. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I think we're both in agreement that we need to go back and tweak the start a little bit. Yeah. I, I th- we knew that at the start, though, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We, we knew it was going to be a little bit like that. It's, it's like when I don't think I've done a single series where I've not got episode three and four before one and two. Yeah. And I think that's a similar thing. I think that's because they sort of jump at it. Boom. Mm. And there you go. And then you can go back and, and if there's anything missing or anything wrong, you can fix that before one and two go out. Yeah. So, yeah, knowing when it's right is is a difficult one. But I think you just, I think it's a bit of a cop out answer, but I think you just know. Yes. And if you don't just know, then it probably isn't right. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that you, it's like a lot of things in life. Nine times out of 10, it's better if you sleep on it first and then mm. make a, a decision on it. And that's pretty much how we've worked through the album yeah. with with one of us leading a, a track and the other one sitting back in a kind of producer role and then adding stuff. Track seven, for instance, we we spoke about the strings and the, the euphoric section of track seven. Yeah. And you you just went away and, and nailed it and came back and it was like, yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just wonderful. Well, I think we're far enough into working together now that we... There is a language we've, yeah. I think we've got to a point where we're very comfortable writing together yeah. and we're both on the same page. Mm. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, so talking of the album, what, what are we, we, we going to do, do with it? it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been tremendous fun. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to burn out some CDs and stand on the corner and yeah. them out. Yeah. yeah. That'll do it. Got any uh, nice little record shops in Folkestone? The one record shop we had in Folkestone has closed down. You're kidding me? No. No, I was gutted. Not that I ever bought anything in there. I I always went to Oxfam to buy um, bizarre, you know, like 
Ron Goodwin and his orchestra. <laughs> Seriously, I picked Les one up miserables. the other day. I did. I picked one up the other day. Ron Goodwin and his orchestra plays Gypsy Fire. It's amazing. So what are we going to do with this their album? I mean, there are, I think there's two obvious options. One is that we self-release it mm-hmm. and just whack it on yep. all of the digital platforms. And the yep. other one is that we approach libraries. There we go. <laughs> yep. Or a combination of the two. Yeah. Uh, we very insightfully and cleverly, when we started out, uh, decided to make the tracks between two and a half minutes and three and a half minutes, didn't we? So if we do go yeah, down the we library did. route, at least we won't have to have extensive rewrites and cut downs and that kind of thing. Well, hopefully not, no. Because it is proper underscore. It's not like... We're aiming at one very specific thing, yeah. which is drama underscore. So we're not. So you're looking for that. Uh, you're looking for a track mm. that can be used for yeah. one to three minutes or whatever, with lots to choose from as well. You know, it because it does share that DNA yeah. going through the whole album. It has that continuity. So, for instance, you could have a program which you could use a lot of the tracks for. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's, it's difficult because. Uh, nothing is going to be 100% right when you're approaching it in the mm. backwards way that is sticking music onto picture. I mean, you, obviously you can edit to music and a lot of editors do, hence why we end up with temp scores and stuff. But it's always better if it's yeah. actually yeah. engineered from the start. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a drama commissioner and think, oh, yeah, that would be good for our next production, well, yeah, happily rewrite it for you, you know. Yes. <laughs> So that's a little look at behind the scenes of our music and how we've gone about things, what we've used, where we think the album might be used or where it might end up. Yep. So if you have any questions about what we're doing, feel free to let us know through the website on the social medias. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add? Um, it's all about me. It's all about the music. No, it's not. It's not about me at all. So we had a, a very nice comment on Twitter. This was from uh, fellow composer Nick Amar. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, Nick. And it says, absolutely loving your show, chaps. The format and concept is inspired. Love Dan's cue the music. Thank you very much. Uh, variations and hilarious banter. Great music, fabulous and fascinating guests. A truly welcome relief from the solitude of the studio. Keep it coming. Well, that's just lovely. No, it's really nice. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, and it is nice to get away from the solitude of the studio. It is. It is. Is uh, is that a wrap? That's a wrap. Okay. That's a wrap. How do you find us? Makingasoundtrack.com will tell you all you need to know. Links to the podcast, social media links, and there's information about us too. If you are enjoying the podcast, it would make our day if you could give us a positive rating or review. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit that share button and recommend it to someone else. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. I don't know who did what. You go first. You go first. You go first. I go first. I go first.